0: You know, since January of this year, we've been specifically looking at a certain direction that God is speaking to us about as a house, yeah? Yeah? Yeah. And it's so important, last week when I was in Denmark, I challenged the people I was speaking to, to receive the same message, because... I don't have to go and speak a special message, find a special message for certain people. Unless God says to do so. What's good enough for you, what's good for the goose, you know the the saying then. It's true. And it brought great challenge to the environment. And it's up to them to work it through and carry it through until it becomes a reality in their own midst. Just like it is for us. Amen. And we've been saying that. From January we have to establish Christ in every life in this place. Now when people come and go, you see some people one week you don't see them for three, four, whatever it is. It's always difficult to try and establish anything, but there's a there's a core who come here regular, so you can you can work with the core. You have to start with some somewhere and you have to start with someone. Yeah. So you who who is in the sound of my voice this morning, guess what? We're starting with you. And you, what little bits you get, you have to work through, just like I do. And God told us at the beginning of the year to push in, press on, and pursue. Push in, when, push in when there's resistance. Press on when you have a good tailwind behind you. Yeah? And pursue. Pursue who? Pursue Christ through everything you do, until Christ is established through everything you do. Because that's the, the essence of a disciple. Jesus Christ to be established in everything they do. That's easier it's easier to say than it is to do. But that is the challenge in our lives. It's true. This year we are trying to turn the church around And we want to witness to as many people as we possibly can. Because the truth is, and I say this spiritually speaking, not physically speaking. Because it would be rude to say it physically speaking. Spiritually speaking, we need stripping down. The fat lady's too fat. If the church is, is a she, sometimes she gets too heavy. She takes on unnecessary baggage and weight. And she needs stripping down to her fighting weight. You know, before every every boxer goes for his fight, he has that weigh-in, and if he if he doesn't hit, uh, meet the weigh-in, there can be problems. And you can't just go into the back room and burn a lot of weight off and expect to go into the fight fresh. It doesn't work like that. So one of our challenges is to turn the middle of the road church around. This church is too comfortable. Oh, don't change it, Pastor. I'll I'll have to change my seat. Well, okay, that's your definition of uncomfortable. It's going to get very, very choppy in here then. But when you try to turn a church around that's been going nice and easy for whatever amount of years, and then you try to encourage people to get outside and go and engage their community, sometimes it's very easy to say, no, I'll just come on a Sunday, and all I want you to do is feed me, give me bread, and then I I feel like I've done my Christian thing. I don't know what that Christian thing is in your head, or other people's head, but we don't do a thing. We have a life, we have a walk, we have a witness. So, the, the, do, you know, do you want the real statistics? Most stats will tell you, churches don't make it. Why? Because people resist. People resist, or they may not resist the leadership, they resist the word. So the congregation becomes heavier and heavier and heavier and it gets old and older and the chances are the heavier and older we become the less we want to move and the less we want to change because I don't know about you, the older we become you like your things and I like my things in certain ways, in certain places, at certain times. There is a regulation uh, in my mind and my thinking that I like, conf- I like to, things to be just so but Christ never ever came to bring us that life. That's culture and society and your level of thinking and my level of thinking brings us to that point. So, a holy disturbance is what God wants to bring to his church. But most churches, once they plateau, now the difficult thing is in every church, you can go in and say, where was your greatest moment? Now, some people may not be able to answer that question. Some people may. I often heard people say to us that... The, the, when we were called Bethel Christian Centre our greatest moment is when we used to come in on a Sunday night and it was absolutely packed if that was your greatest moment then we are plateaued and now we are in decline that might have been a memorable moment but that can't be our greatest moment because if that's our greatest moment then all we can do now is just de- de- uh, descend down the mountain true? Go down the mountain and then we'll pass it over to another generation and then we get down to the flatland and then we die. But we've got to keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on climbing the mountain. Caleb said, Lord, give me my mountain. An old man still wanted to climb. So have we got any old men that still want to climb? Any old women that want to climb? Last year I was in, a, in Bulgaria and went to a sea called Plovdiv. Plovdiv. It's, uh, it's the fifth oldest city in the world. So they say, round about 342 BC, Plovdiv was conquered by Philip II of Macedon, the father of Alexander the Great, who named it Philippopopolis. There's a name. I can only say that when I've got my own teeth in. Philippopopolis. Sounds good. It's a Phil and it's a Pop and it's this. So put them all together. you get Philippopopolis. Yeah, which means the city of honor. Uh, after, and it was after his, fa- after his father. Then, but what they did in this city, they, as you walk through the high Street, they, there is a model showing you what it used to look like. And what they did was, they turned this whole street centre, well, it wasn't a street then, obviously, but they could flood it. They could flood, they had, a, they had the technology to flood this part. Of the city, so they could have boat races and mock boat fights. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. And then they had this technology to drain it all again, and so it could all return back to normal. And it's like the market, you know, the market, the market on a Sunday, you'd never know it was a street. And then on the Monday, it's back to a people's normal street. And that's that they had this technology to create a river and create a flow in a town, in a community, that was one of the oldest cities in the world, so if they had that technology to create a river and a flow, how much more could we do that today with our technology, it's still difficult, but these boys had that technology to be able to do that. But, you know, spiritually speaking, that's exactly what God is asking of us as a church to do. Create a river and create a flow in our community. Now, we don't want a mock battle fight. We're already in a fight as it is. There's already enough trouble out there. But the sweet flowing rivers of the Holy Ghost wants to flow. In your street, your community, your family, your workplace, your company, your business, whatever it is, God Almighty wants to get involved. I said God Almighty wants to get involved. That's why you must press in, press on, push in, sorry, press on and pursue God. It's wonderful when you can just step into your environment and take your river with you. It really is. I was in a bank on Friday and this guy starts talking and I'm with my son and my son kind of is not interested in what the guy is saying but I'm engaging this guy and, and my son says to me all you have to say dad was just yes you didn't have to keep talking to him <laughs> I said son the reason why I keep talking to people is because I like people and I want to engage them at every opportunity some conversations go nowhere some conversations are meaningless but some conversations can be very very instrumental some conversations can be an opportunity to sow a seed some conversations can be an opportunity to water what somebody else has already sown some conversations you can get the whole thing in one day you can get the sowing the watering and the reaping in one day how will you know unless you're just willing to take a river into a community it can be stood while you're shopping and you're waiting for the, you know, you, she's, you know, they're doing that thing, just shoving it through the barcode, and she's talking to you. You may only have a two, three-minute window. It doesn't matter. You can't preach the whole thing. It's not about preaching. It's about talking and engaging people and seeing where the conversation will take you. But our greatest problem, friends, is that we don't recognize opportunity, and we don't, we've stopped seeing people as lost. We see a badge on a a person, we might see a colour, we might see a culture, we might see a job, we might see all things, rather than see people as being people that need to be engaged, and just be interested about people. If you only ever speak to people to get them saved, it's not fair. Be interested in people, listen to people, yes? Because one conversation can lead to another, to another. You're sowing seeds, you're not always trying to get, you know, bring the harvest in in one day. So it's very, it's very important that we understand how people are engaged. And in Ezekiel chapter 47, let's go there. He said to me in chapter 47 verse 8, the water flows towards the eastern region and it goes down into the Abba where it enters the sea. So these waters are moving. They're going, they're in a direction. They're going from one place to another place. And he makes this... Distinction. First of all, the water flows, it's moving. And it's flowing towards the eastern region, and it goes down into the Arababa, where it enters into the sea. Now, when we read the word sea, some people would, incl- would think and interpret this as meaning the sea, like, a, like the Atlantic Ocean or something like that. Very often, when we're talking, it's referring to people. Yeah. The sea can mean a, a mass of people, yeah. a sea of people. Does that make sense? So it says, where it enters into the sea, where it empties into the sea, when it empties into the sea, the waters there become fresh. So, wherever you can empty your sea, your waters, you have the ability to make something that's contaminated fresh. How do you like that idea? You have that ability within you. Out of you, Jesus said, living waters. Will flow. So out of you, all you have to do is just be conscious of the fact that what you carry can affect somebody else. If you don't believe that, say something nasty to them and see. You'll find out what you what you say and what and what you carry inside can have an amazing effect upon people, positive and negative. True? So And the sea where it becomes fresh, verse 9, swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. Swarms of living creatures. Creatures are people. Different kinds of people, different cultures. Creatures are now cultures. Now when we look in Manchester, Manchester today is a very city, it's a very different city than it was say 30 or 40 years ago. And I don't mean new buildings and road infrastructures and things like that. Manchester is very cosmopolitan. We have every culture, virtually, under the sun. At some point, some are greater than others. Some, when I say greater, the more than the others. But every culture you can find is living in Manchester. Now, that breeds a lot of um, problems, and also that breeds a great lot of opportunities. So, when you decide... To go out for a meal one night and you say, should we go for an Indian? That's a culture. If Indians didn't live in Manchester, you wouldn't have Indian food. You say, well, let's go for a Chinese. Let's go for an Italian. Hmm. Let's go for a Greek. Yes. Let's go for Ethiopian. I went for an Ethiopian meal. I've been for two Ethiopian meals yeah, whatever that, whatever it is, hey, went back. I went back, yeah, I went back, I didn't like it, but I asked it, <laughs> I've been for Turkish food, I've been, like you, I've eaten a lot of different kinds of food, if those people wasn't in our city, we couldn't enjoy that one night, now okay eating the food, we say I don't mind different cultures being in when my stomach is growling. But do I really want to live with these people? Yes. We do. Why? Because swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There is a natural flow in Manchester. A natural flow. That's why people gravitate towards a city. Yes? They gravitate towards a city because the, the city creates its own euphoria, creates its own wealth, it creates a lot of things. So, there's a lot of cultures in our city but watch this watch this now there will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes salt the salt water fresh so where the river flows everything will live verse 10 is the key word fishermen will stand along sorry where have gone i've lost it now along the shore sorry from ungedai oh let's let's like this let me rephrase it like this fishermen will stand from dorsden to manchester there will be places for spreading nets so for every river that flows if there is not a fisherman what good is it if the river flows we need fishermen to be able to harness harness What this river is producing. Now I'm looking at a bunch of fishermen. I've never been fishing. It's not my thing. I like sitting. I love water. I like sitting in a boat. But give me a glass of wine. I'm not interested in fishing in the natural sense. It's not my thing. I can't think of anything more boring. Just sat there with a rod waiting. Just so you can go home and say, I caught that. I like my fish caught for me and I like my fish cooked for me as well. Yeah. However, <laughs> yeah, I'm battered. <laughs> the issue is the reason why the church doesn't grow is because the fish, there are no fishermen. And fishermen, let me give another, uh, another term for it is we need a workforce. Yeah. Now there is housework, and there is field work. So there's a work that needs to take place in this house. Just like there's a work that goes on in your home, there's a work that needs to take place inside the house, and there's field work. You've often heard that word before, haven't you? Field work. Someone's working in the field, it's field work. Or they say in terms of government people, they've got field work. And uh, so there is a work to be done for us in the field, and there's a work to be done in the house. What we uh, tend to do, and what the middle, uh, the middle of the road, comfortable, easy-going, evangelical church tend to do, they tend to put all their emphasis on the work inside the church. And they don't concentrate on the two, they only focus on the one. Why? Because one is comfortable. And very often what we call work inside the church, it only benefits us, it's not a work. It benefits us. Last night, Somebody came in and cleaned this building and put the chairs out. We're all ben- greatly benefited from that work. True? Yes. Did it affect the world? No. Did you read it on Sky News? No. no? The wedding took centre-, centre stages today, and United getting beat. Kerchink. And <laughs> <laughs> however, the chairs were here. The royal chairs were here. And but it benefited us. The worship this morning benefited us. It benefited us. It didn't change the world. It's not going to change the world. But it just might help you to go out and change the world. And if all this doesn't, if, if all this doesn't inspire us and fuel us to get our wings on the runway and fly. Yeah? Have a good run up. And that, you know, it's, it's amazing. When you fly, when you go easy jet, you feel every bump in that tarmac, yeah. right? And when, the, when he goes, and you feel the, your head going back, you think, oh, we're moving. And then all of a sudden you think, I always think the back of the plane's going to smack on the, on the tarmac. But it doesn't, thank goodness. But when you go on the triple 380, and you sit there, and you think, this thing, what's it called? A380, sorry, the A380. You sat there, and you feel it going, and you think, well, it's not going fast enough. It's not going fast enough. And then all of a sudden you see 500 people. Quit, who's the heaviest? Throw them off. <laughs> Throw them off. It's not going to get off in the ground. And all of a sudden it just glides. And when it comes down, it just hits the tarmac, kind of just a little wobble. And then just glides in, looks sexy as it comes in. And then it just starts. You think, yeah, now that's flying in style. But when you're going easy jet and you feel every bump, you think, oh my lord. Oh my And when you hit the ground and you all start shaking like that, you're thinking, you know. I don't care how we get off the ground. I don't care if we shake, rattle and roll. Or you, fly, or you take off in style. But let's get off the ground. And sometimes, you need a long runway. Now, may I say this in all sincerity. Some of us are getting older and we can't run as fast. Right? And some of us can't run long. So you better learn to take off quickly. Because we've been sat for too long. We've been sat for too long... We need to get off the tarmac. There's nothing worse. Carol and I were sat there and it says, we've got some good news and bad news. The bad news is there's going to be no more good news. <laughs> we had to sit on the tarmac for 45 minutes. You sat on the plane, you're waiting. Let's go, I'm ready. And you, you know, his little engines are in standby mode. And you sat there and you've got to wait for 45 minutes before you can take off. That's so much of the church. Sat there in passive mode, waiting, waiting for permission to take off. Let me let me say it loud and let me say it clear. Your permission's been granted. Take off. Take a good run at this thing and give it your best shot. Give it your best shot. Give it your best shot. Your best shot. So he says. Um Places for spreading nets on forgive me, was it Tuesday night whatever in this? Wednesday. Wednesday night. This is an opportunity to spread nets. When our children's workers went out a couple of weeks ago, they were out there promoting so many things, not just one thing, there was a few things. We asked them to take a survey on the street as a taster to find out where our community is itching. If we can scratch where they're itch, it's a win win. So we we took some email addresses of people who would willing, as they engaged them, and said, look, we're also doing this as a church. Would you be interested in, if the church does this, would you be interested in any way, shape, or form? Now, some people will always say yes, and some people will say no. Some people give us bogus email addresses. That's part of the course. But we keep on doing Why? Because we're just finding ways to reach. Now, everybody do this. Now, he's got smaller arms than me. Chris has got probably longer arms than me. Right? But if you do that, it goes longer, doesn't it? <laughs> but right, we've all got a reach. Now do that one. No, you can't do that because you will sit down, but just do that. You've got the same reach. Like that. Everybody has reach capacity. Now watch this. When you go to work, you have people within that reach. You've got friends within that reach. Right? Now here's the point. You can reach people... By the law of the least effort. Because you only have to do that. Now think about, who are those people in that circle that you just do that, you can you can reach? That's one place to start. Now here's another technology. Watch this. All I have to do, watch. That foot is, is anchored. It's centered. Right? So I have, I've got my foundation. I've got my place where I'm planted. But all I have to do is just... Bend and be a little bit more flexible And I can increase my reach Now Who are those people Who if you just did that You could reach You ready Think about this So there are those who do that And there are those if you just did that A little bit of flexibility You can reach beyond That Yeah You never leave this point Because this you need to be anchored This is in the house This is in Christ so wherever you go, you can, you can still be centered in Christ. Yeah? You need the anchor point. So what you can do is do that. You can lean. You can do that. And you can increase your reach. It's very simple. It's very simple. If you think about it. But you think, well, that might be a bridge too far. Or you might not have no friends when you do that. So maybe you may have to reach out a little but reach out, reach out to people, come on, you all have those, we all have people in that area, now if I'm in a supermarket, or I'm in a shop, or whatever, I don't know that person, I'm doing that, because that's not my, I don't know that woman, I've never met that woman, not man, but if I do that, I am now taking advantage of my flexibility, This is an opportunity for me to spread my nets and put my nets down. Come on, think about it. Think about this. I said to Pat a couple of weeks ago, Pat had an opportunity to step into another arena. And when we were talking, I said, Pat, this is a great opportunity. Get your backside back in there. So we talk and we can talk like that. Get your backside back in there. This is a great opportunity for you to extend your reach. Did I not say that to you, Pat? The light came on. She's been reaching people. Sometimes we are closer to people than we ever imagine. There's opportunities to spread your nets, John. There's opportunities for every one of us to spread our nets. Constantly, we must be looking for places to put down our nets and spread them Hello. If you're not concerned about fishing, then you'll never ever look for an opportunity. And I hope and I really do pray that you'll be so uncomfortable that eventually it will become part of your conscience and then you will begin to think that simple illustration or that. So simple. So simple sometimes you may have to there's a book called a walk across the other side of the room a walk across the other side of the room it's bill, i think it's by bill hybels and he tells the story of how he had to get up It was at a, at a ceremony or something like that and he had to get up and just walk across the other side of the room to meet someone and lead him to the lord so all he had to do, he was in his environment, didn't know him, but he was, it would have been so easy just to step with the crowd at the, at the award ceremony, but he saw a man and his eyes caught someone, and he felt the Lord say to him, get up and go and talk to that man. It's just a walk across the room. It wasn't that far, but it was very close because it was in his circle, it was in, you know, within reach. And that man gave his life, and that man then opened up the door for many, many other people to come to the Lord. See, sometimes you just open up a door, you put a key in the door, you have no idea what's behind that door. this is why we need fishermen. But we don't only need fishermen, we need fishermen who will spread the nets. Amen? Amen. And the fish will be of many kinds. I'm looking forward to increasing the nations in this church. Because we, behind every... I should say, let me rephrase it. For every nation that comes through the door... There is a door in them. And beyond them, there's a work. That if we all step through them as a portal, we discover new ways of reaching our world. And through them, we can extend our reach. I think it's time for us to get... I've said to this team many times, make sure you have a passport. Make sure you have a passport. I can't guarantee... In fact, I won't guarantee, and I never guarantee, you're going to get a lilo and a beach. I won't guarantee that. But what I will guarantee, where we'll go, will be hot. And sometimes it'll be sticky. And uh, because that's our future. I said, I don't want to be in draws for the rest of my life. I want to say I'm not moving. And what I'm saying is, I don't just want this just to be our only place. I want our reach to stretch out. There's nations I'm itching for us to go to but let's start with manchester because most of the nations are in manchester we don't need we can have a plane ride and we can go and reach people then it says this the fish will be of many kinds like the fish of the great sea the great sea of people there are many many fishes but in our community there are also fishes of many kind amen but the swamps and the marshes Will not become fresh. You know the swamps and marshes churches that when you step into them you never get out. It's true. There are some good, there are some churches that will swamp your gifting, your your money, they'll take your money and rob you blind. And they'll all keep using it in the name of God. Yeah? Some there are swamps and marsh churches that people go and you say well why doesn't God stop these people from going because the hearts are not looking for anything different if you got led here what makes you different than other people well the answer is God just may see your heart and he may see that the same things some of those things that people are looking for are being driven towards and not those things inside your heart don't boast about it just thank God. There are many churches, there are many people being duped. And all we can say to that is, it's not to do with me. It's my job to make sure that this doesn't become a swamp, it doesn't become a marsh. Because you know, swamps and marshes, alligators. And when the alligators get you, you're in trouble. Yeah? like the fish of the great sea but the swamps and marshes will become will not become fresh they will be left for salt fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of fruit trees trees give healing for nations i would love to see our church become a fruit tree so that the nations can take our particular fruit yes a tree can take the storm a tree can be climbed, a tree can be sat under. There's many, many benefits of a tree. Trees release. Is it carbon dioxide? We'll go the wrong way around. Anyway. Oxygen, sorry. Oxygen. They release what we need to keep our planet functional. If we lose trees, we lose the forest, we're gone. Yeah? So the thing is, God needs trees. tree churches. God needs tree churches. That's not the Irish way of saying three. I'm saying tree churches. Tree. You see, the thing is, have you ever seen the uh, Sequoia tree? Sequoia tree is huge. And they can live for hundreds of years. And I think they have, I mean, is it America? California, that's it, California. And these things are huge. And they stand the test of time. That's the church. That's the kingdom. I want to be a sequoia tree. I think I say, say it. The, well, it is the way I'm saying it. Fruit trees will, kind, will, will grow on, all kind, on the banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither. Nor will they fail. Every month. Every month. What did the Lord show me in that dream? Good morning, church. Every month. God, Lord showed me in that dreaming at Christmas time. This church will bear fruit every month. Every month. But guess what? We will not bear fruit with a passive. Proactive. Every month they will bear fruit. Because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. So here's the issue. If Carol doesn't keep her connection with God, the Holy Ghost, and, and the Son, her waters will become stale. Yes, yeah, she has water, but it's not fresh water, is it? It's now stale. So the, the, the key here is this. When we press in, press in, press on, and pursue, or push in, sorry, press on towards, and pursue, we are making sure that the water inside our lives is fresh. We've got to have fresh living water. I do not want to talk to people for Christ and just be so religious, and say, Oh, you want to come to our church? Don't tell people to come to church. Present Christ. Don't, church, does, church has never saved anyone. Church does not save people. Christ saves people. If you bring people to church and they don't, and just say, Well, it's all right, if I bring them to church, I've done my job. Don't be so religious. Invite them by all means, but don't put your hope in them coming to church. You know why? Because many of us have been to church and haven't changed. I'll let that silence find its own level. Church never saved anyone. Plugging them to Christ. Now, invite them by all means. But like I say, you still have a responsibility to tell them and talk to them and encourage them and lead them gently, persuasively, patiently. Christ amen some people will come to church but they don't want Christ I understand that it's not my job to save people or your job it's our job to tell them and the Bible says that unless God is drawing someone how can they be saved so it's God's job to do a work on human hearts it's your job to partner with the Holy Spirit and go and speak to them. amen. So the leaves will not wither, nor will they fall. Every month they'll bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Now, let me just say something for me. You know, this morning there was a good flow from the heaven into the worship. How many felt the, how many felt the sap of the Holy Spirit during worship this morning? As we sang songs, hearts were open and there was a good fl- rain flow this morning. If it, whatever you've received this morning in worship that was a portion that was a measure you received this morning from being in God's presence you can receive that measure anytime, any place, anywhere Amen. right, you can because you had a connection with God yes. it wasn't the way I played guitar it's never going to be the way I played a guitar okay. might be to play. Claire plays the piano she plays it beautiful but no it's not, it's not about instruments but instruments help don't they course you help and if we all played the wrong chords, it would also hinder so we know instruments do have a place in the house but our hope is not in those technical said those instruments our faith is in Jesus Christ that when we raise his name and we call on his name there is a flow from heaven that we step closer to God and God steps closer to us so with that measure you receive just in the worship just in the worship what are you going to do with it you now have a responsible, responsibility to keep it fresh. You now have a responsibility. Well, how do I keep it fresh, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. So the first thing you do tomorrow, or even tonight, you get back, just as like you did this morning, get in his presence, and just start worshipping him. Well, I haven't got a band. You are the band. You are the band. Well, I can't sing. Good news for you. Worshipping God, you don't have to be a singer. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. It's your joyful noise, and I'm glad you're hearing it, and he's hearing it. But it's a joyful noise to the Lord. He didn't say, you have to be a singer in order for you to worship me. Thank God for that. All you have is you have, vo- you have a voice. Use your voice, whether you talk it, whether you pray it, whether you sing it. Well, I don't know the songs. Who said it's anything else that you have to sing these songs? Whatever obstacle you you throw in my way, I'll knock it away. There are no obstacles, only your thinking. So we see the sea means masses of people, and the river needs to flow to people. We see there's large opportunities, many opportunities to reach cultures, reach nations, reach people, in our own community, in our own community. We see the church needs fishermen. This was all dependent upon Fishermen. I hear so many pastors talk about this text but they never emphasize the key point of the river is it needs fishermen. Fishermen stand by the banks. They're the ones who pull the fish out. They're the ones who show you what's in the river. Without the fishermen, we'd never know what's in that river. True? Without a preacher, how would you know what God's got in store for you? The Bible tells us, how will they know unless someone goes? So the world's looking for a preacher. You're that preacher. Yes? Without a pastor or an Ephesians form ministry gift, how can you be expected to grow deeper in God? That's why God gave them to the church, so that he could prepare people for works of righteousness. So that the revelation that the, that's received from heaven, that flows through the fivefold gifting, can develop you. And develop me. I am a product of that fivefold gifting. I've been blessed and raised under that ministry, and so have you. So go to Job chapter twenty-nine, and as the captain says, we're now flying over water. We're heading for the runway. In other words, the finish is near. Job 29, verse, starting at verse 7. He said, When I went to the gate of the city and took my seat in the public square, the young men saw me and stepped aside, and the old men r- rose to their feet. Listen to what's going on here. The young men stepped aside, and the old men rose to their feet. So there was stature in the man. The chief men refrained from speaking and covered their mouths with their hands the voices of the nobles were hushed and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouths whoever heard me spoke sorry whoever heard me spoke well of me and those who saw me commended me because i rescued the poor and i cried for help and the fatherless who had no one to assist them really focus on this scripture it's so powerful the man who was dying blessed me I made the widow's heart sing and I put on righteousness as my clothing justice was my robe and my turban I was eyes eyes to the blind and feet to the lame I was a father to the needy and I took up the case of the stranger you want community work? this is it This is scratching the community where it's itching. I took up the case of the stranger and I broke the fangs of the wicked and I snatched the victims from their teeth. Wow. So the first thing Job had to do and we need to do is take our seat in the public square. Every one of us has a place and a position. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I do that. Every one of us has a place that we have to take in the public square. In other words, it's time to go public with your faith. It's time to go public with your faith. Well, Well, I'm not sure I've got a faith. Here's a good time to find out. Well, I don't know much. Well, here's a good time to learn. You'll never know how much you know until you have to open your mouth and share it with someone. And, you'll, and, and the thing is, you must always be uncomfortable. Why? Because the more uncomfortable you are, the greater dependency you have on God. Now, th- there'll be an element of, as you start becoming more wax lyrical and more confident, that that's great to have confidence, because confidence is a, is a powerful thing. So, we must, hope, we must work towards having confidence, but there'll always be a situation that will always be out of your reach, and God will say, go and do that. So what happens if God tells you to go and raise the dead? Well, first challenge, you've got to find a dead person. So you might be at a funeral, and the coffin might be there, and you're sat there, and God says, raise the dead. Now, how would you get from there to there in a funeral? Now, that takes a lot of wisdom. And you might find, you might have to say, God, you've got to do something here. You might have to give me an opportunity here that is unique. Yeah, so you might walk up and just kind of lean on the coffin and and you get up. (laughs) I don't know, but you're going to have to. If God tells you to do that, God will give you the way. Amen. God will give you the way. You wouldn't just step up and say, I'm a Christian. Stand back, everybody. I'm a doctor. And put your hand on the coffin. Now, that would be bold. But if God tells you to do that, by all means, do it. You see, Smith Wigglesworth, who was one of the revivalists, Smith was very, very unique in the way God used him. but when he punched a woman in the stomach, how many of you know, you'll be sued for that. That's not orthodox. But Smith did something very unique under the instruction of the Holy Ghost. That's assault. It is. It's assault. But guess what? If that woman's not healed, that punching her stomach, that's going to the press. He's in deep, deep trouble. He's going to need an angel to get him out of prison. But if it works, it's still not a socially acceptable way of healing people. Right? It's true. But you know, God is not politically correct. So, I'm not saying punch people. I'm not saying punch people. For those who are hard of hearing, Pastor just said, don't punch. In fact, some of the women in Manchester, they'll give you a good slap back anyway. But don't slap women. <laughs> Just making sure that's on tape. Very loud. Pastor's not saying slap people. So we see that he took his seat in the public square. Find your place in the community. Find your place in the community. Secondly, there was a young man, there, sorry, there was young men and an older man who stepped aside when wisdom took its place. Old men and young men, when Job stepped into his his position, the young men and old men stepped aside. Why? Because what was on Job was not on them. There was a wisdom and a stature in Job's life that wasn't on everybody else. Yes? You just be you. Don't advertise your credentials. You just be you. And let people see the stature of God on you will speak and other people will make room for you. They will. They will. I love speaking about God. I love speaking about Him here, and I like speaking about Him out there. And what I do like is when it's so natural. Yeah, yeah. And it's spontaneous, and it's natural, and people are listening to you. You know, I've not had many, many people who have resisted me when I'm just generally naturally talking in conversation, because it's part of the natural flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't said, Excuse me, do you know I'm a pastor? Do you know why I'm part of the numbers of God? Do you understand this? They don't give a rip. They don't give a rip. But these these boys stepped aside when he stepped in. Step in and others will step aside. Yeah? So he has the right heart. He has the right heart to step into that arena. Number three. He rescued the poor who cried for help. How many poor people do we have in our city? Do you know poor people are crying out to the Lord? And the Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. It was. It oh, you, you were telling me, weren't you? A story of the day. It's okay. It's just come to mind now as I'm speaking. When the poor cry out to the Lord and you feel. Go and get, buy a sandwich or to go and give a drink for someone. Do you know, you are now, at that very moment, on divine assignment. Yep. You are on divine assignment. Why? Because God's heard the cry of the poor. And he sent you yeah, to go and bless them. Yeah, you are on divine assignment at that point. But you may not always recognize that point. But when they say to you, you know, when they say, if you have involved in conversation with them. You say, you know... Uh, I'd like to give you some food. You know, I was only asking, I only cried out. I don't believe in God, but I cried out to him today for him to send me someone. You are on divine assignment. You are the answer to that person's prayer and God used you. Out of all the people in this earth, God used you. And Greg's. (laughs) Whatever you buy a sandwich from. What what an awesome thing to know that you were on a divine assignment. God heard the cry of poor and God put it in your heart to go and feed that one person. What an amazing thing. Don't just throw a sausage roll at them. Talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know why? Because some of them don't want food. Some of them just... You know, some people want to help up, not just a handout. It's a very, very significant statement, that. Some people just need a, a hand up, not a handout. They need lifting from that place and sometimes your words can lift them. Yes. So I rescued the poor who cried for help. Now you know the poor you'll always have with us. You can't you'll never eradicate poverty, but it doesn't say we should ignore it. Just cuz you can't fix the whole problem doesn't mean to say you don't help. I remember being in the Philippines once and uh, we goes out for lunch and people kids are everywhere set everywhere on the floor. And I'm sat, of all places, in this burger place, and these three kids are sat on the floor. And I saw the, you know, in your eyes, you're just about to bite into your burger, and you see these three kids, and uh, there's kids everywhere. But these three caught my eyes. And I says to the pastor I was with, I said, I can't eat this in all conscience. Why? I said, when well, there's three children over there. And he says to me, there's children everywhere. I said, I can't help everyone. I said, but those three kids, I can help right now. I said, "Go and buy them. Give me some money. Go and buy me a meal, and just bless these three, because I can. I have that ability at that point in time to help three children, yeah. feed them for the day, yeah. and uh, and that's what it. And it didn't appease me conscience. I didn't think oh, that all I fed them, I can eat my burger now. No, but I knew it was in my power to help three people. Yeah. And so tomorrow, there'll be a power given to you to help someone." Tomorrow, this week, there will be a power in your hands for you to reach out and touch somebody's life. That power is in you. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to pray for it. It's already in you. You can change somebody's world today, tomorrow, and the day after. But you must look for the opportunity to do that. It's so important that we look. Listen, every one of us is here because someone led us. Amen? So, the poor. Then the next one was the fatherless. This is one I'm particularly drawn to. I love to talk about the fatherless because I know, what it, I know I've never been fatherless. I had long periods in my life when I didn't feel I had a father's love. I had a father's, I had a father's uh, provision, but I didn't have a father's love. And that does all kinds of things to a young man growing up. So I have my own testimony area. And it's a beautiful thing for earthly fathers to connect with their sons and daughters and to put that thing right. But it's even better when, when in order to do that sometimes, you have to connect them to this father. Yeah. If you can connect people first to this father, then the grace and mercy and wisdom will, will flowing from him into them will then heal their hearts and give them opportunities to go and heal what's wrong on the earth. Now their fathers may not be around. Their fathers may have gone. But guess what? They still need healing. There is a, there is a fatherless generation. There is so many kids today being raised by. Uh, you can have four or five children in one family. All to different fathers. We have a dysfunctional, fractured society. And this one area of the fathers. Always speaks to me because it's part of my history. And But thank God. I once was like that but now I'm not so I can tell people and show people how a father and son relationship can be fixed I love that it's great there's nothing better to see uh, older men come to the cross and get the love of a father it's a beautiful sight it gets harder and harder the older we become because men don't like to cry but guess what so they become frustrated and angry And then they pass it on to their children and so it goes on. So the fatherless, they had no one to assist them in this scripture. Job stood in the gap. Job stood in the gap. I pray that God will give us opportunities to stand in the gap for the fatherless. I don't know how, but let's look for the opportunities. Yeah? You know, before the great and dreadful day, Malachi tells us that God will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. So the children will turn the hearts to the fathers. Well, this God had to turn this child to his father's heart. God had to tune my, my heart to my father. Despite my father being like he was. Then God turned my father's heart towards me. And then it was tears. <laughs> but it was healing. Amen. So, So there may be some... Men's ministry in here for us, guys. There may be some men's ministry that we may have to go and help some young guys, old guys, to go and get this father issue sorted out. It's gone quiet. But maybe, in order for you to go and do that, you've got to get fixed first. Yeah? Then he says this. The dying men. The dying men blessed him. Those dying blessed him. Because even the dying saw that he had life. Yeah, yeah. You may have to get around some dying people. Yeah, that's true. Go and visit some hospitals, guys. Let's go and get some hospital visitation going. The widows took care. He says he took care of the widows. It's an important thing. You want the heart of God? Look after the poor. Look after the widows. And then he says... I was eyes to the blind. And I was feet to the lame. That means the prophetic stature. That comes upon us. It's pragmatic. It's not just prophetic. It's pragmatic. Yeah? Feet help people chart a course. I was a father to the needy. I protected them. I gave them covering. I gave them government. Wow. Wow. There's so much in this verse. I took up the case of the stranger. You must ask God to give you heavenly wisdom. And here's the most important thing. Church, this is where I believe our prayer for people. We must never speak to people that we've never prayed for. And what I mean by that is you may not know everybody you're going to pray for, or you're going to speak to. But if you're not praying for people, why do you think you should have the right to speak to them? I pray for you. I pray for you. I don't just expect you to listen to me and open up your hearts to what I have to say. Why? Because that's wrong and arrogant. What makes me think I'm, I've got something you want to hear? I know you've got struggles and resist things just like everybody else. I have to pray that God gives your heart to my voice. I have to pray and say, God, open up their hearts. If I'm hearing God, and and I am hearing God, and if if I'm hearing God for you, then God's got to do a work in you so that what I say, your heart come together. Because if God's not involved, all we have is a charismatic personality on the ground. And I don't want you to be swayed just because of a personality. I want, I want to be able to say to you tough things and you say, that's right. God has to be involved in this whole thing. Because whatever size our church grows to, we must never have a personality standing here. Now, do I have a personality? Yes. But that's not the point. I'm not trying to win you with my personality. Because my personality is flesh. True. But I will use my personality because it's part of who I am. Yeah. I can't I can't say you get over there and I'll just go on my own. I can't do that. And a personality helps people to buy into you. So I know it's part of me, but I cannot lean on that. Yes? Albeit so tempting at times. I must pray for you. And I pray, Lord, open up the hearts give them strength give them courage give them boldness give them wisdom in their daily walk give them the, and I'm praying for you and interceding for you because I know that you hear this word and you hear me regular it's hard to keep listening to the same guy I know that listen I know I, I listen to myself it's hard listening to me so I know it has to be a work of grace but here's the last thing I broke the fangs of dukid And snatch the victims from their teeth. This is the part of a government, governmental house who knows how to go and bat, if we use that phrase, on behalf of the community. So not just praying for your community, but then you must take your place in the public square. It's time to go public with your faith. It's time. It's no use saying, Well, I go to church, I'm a nice Christian. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means I'm not interested in you going to church and it's nice all I'm interested in is do you have a faith in action do you have a faith that is put into action and if we can do that I really think we can begin to start making a positive holy ruckus in our community do you believe that church or are we so are we so now institutionalized that we just say, let's just like it was yesterday, let's just keep it stiff, let's just keep it dutiful, let's just keep it ceremonial, let's just keep it easy. No, no, we've got to take our place in the seat, sorry, take our place in the city, in the community, in our street, as God leads and as your heart and eyes are open to see that. Last one, last scripture. Isaiah 32, verse 1. <clears throat> Isaiah 32, verse 1. first brought this scripture to my attention once when he, he was using it, uh, speaking on it. Isaiah 32, verse 1. See, a king will reign in righteousness, and rulers will rule with justice. Each man, each man, each man, each man in this room will be a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. Each man can become that. Rulers who rule with justice. Are you ready to start ruling with justice? So we have to take up the case of the the unjust so we can bring justice. That's why it's so important that we now launch politics. Dave standing as a candidate. It's important that we rise, raise the water level of politics. You say church and politics shouldn't meet. I disagree. I disagree. Just because the church didn't get it right the first time does not mean to say it was never meant to be. The middle aged church, the dark middle-aged church. Got it wrong. Why? Because they were so interested in self. They had no kingdom. They had no kingdom. But those early apostles had the right model. They had the right model. And I believe as we step into the political arena. We will unearth injustice. And then we can then go in and pray. And break the fangs of the wicked. Because there's no... Greater seat for wicked high powers to rest than in political domains. Why? Because they control the masses. You look at where all the corruption is around the world and how many evil powers are there. We've got to break that. So, rulers who rule with justice. Are you ready to be a ruler? Each man will be a shelter from the wind. Are you ready for that? A refuge from the storm. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to be water in the desert? And a shadow of the great rock in a thirsty land. A shadow. I am not the substance. I am a shadow of the one who sent me. A voice calling in the wilderness. Let's stand to our feet if you will please. So much I could say. But I've already said so much. I would like, I would ask, and ask you all to really, this week, pray. You're reading this week, if I could give you some homework. Yeah? I've not done this before, but I'll I'll do it now. If I could give you all homework, you read Job 29, the scripture I've just read, and you ask the Holy Spirit to put you on that map, put you on that journey. Job took his place. It's time to go public with our faith. Tell the person at the side we're going public with our faith. I don't know what that fully means. All I do know, it means we've got to get out of here. So, public means we're no longer hiding. We're looking for God to use us and direct us. So when you read Job this week And you start praying you say Lord Show me the way in To the public Domain Show me the way Lead, oh, Father. Lead me Father Lead me Give me a conscience Help me recognise Opportunities When they're sat Right in front of me And don't forget that That's your first Circle Who's in my reach Who can I reach So easy Without effort Without, you know, without difficulty And then there's this Who will I have to then Reach out to Two. Yeah? I love that song from Dana Ross, Reach Out and Touch Somebody's Hand to Make This World a Better Place if You Can. She sang that, and it's so true. It's biblical in the sense of reach out and touch somebody. And by reaching out and touching somebody, you do make somebody else's world a better place. It's not scriptural in the sense she didn't sing a verse in the Bible. There's a lot of truth in what she was singing. So really focus on Job and ask the Lord to show you the way into the public yeah. area. Will you do that? Yes. Don't say yes if you have no intention. Just be honest yeah. to yourself. Just say, look, I'm going to do this. Week. I'm going to meditate on this. And I'm going to meditate on Ezekiel. Because yeah. that river, I'm part of that river. I'm that fisherman. Show me where to put my nets. Yeah. Show me where to stand. Yeah. Show me where to stand on the banks. Yeah. On the banks of the river. Yeah. Show me. So let's just raise our hands, if we will. And say, Father, your word today... You've sown into my heart. Let me not forget it. I pray, oh God, this week, that as I water this word, new shoots will come up. And Father, you'll begin to lead me by the Holy Spirit that spoke today will be the same Holy Spirit that leads me in this week. Father, awaken my conscience. Show me how to get into the public arena. And give me opportunities within my reach. In, my reach. In, Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. Bless the Lord, on oh my soul. Amen? Amen. Have a great week.